approaches. Blow the whistle, blow the whistle, blow the whistle, they can't hold a flame against you, blow the whistle, blow the whistle, blow the whistle, got the game, it ain't no issue, blowing the whistle, I had enough with you, the championship, it is gone, ain't listen to you, I can't give it to you, cause you don't know what I've been on, this is the coaches, podcast, ripping up everything, off that, What is going on, everybody? Welcome into the Fantasy Coaches Podcast. I am your host, as always, Coach Steve. What's going on today, guys? Welcome to the show. Let's, before we get started for the day, got to introduce the people you see in front of you. Coach Jibs, as always, what's going on, brother? I'm doing better since I heard that little intro you just worked on down there. <laughs> that was pretty nice. I'm yeah, feeling a little upbeat. I, I felt like we needed something new instead of the little countdown that played like elevator music. So, did some work this week and it's not great but it, it is definitely an improvement from what we were able to do in obviously all of our prior shows so uh welcome to the show jibs and of course guys coach john not here today guys he's got an anniversary you know family comes first always so he is out of today's episode but we do have a fantastic guest bob long how are you today my friend Doing great. I, uh, I I truly enjoyed that intro. Could you make one for my podcast? Because I, I use <laughs> if you want, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm <laughs> the uh, the intro basis, so I'm getting used to it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Mine's that boring countdown too, and it sucks. But yeah, I have yeah. no talent, so uh, we'll have to talk after the show. But um, yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, I think we did this last year, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah, I think honestly, yeah, some, around the same time almost too. So, but. If those who do not know you uh, in the industry, because you're you're a big head in the industry here now, I, I think so. So I have a big head. Uh, have a, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> My wife tells me that all the time. That's... Uh, better word is you have a great rep in the industry for sure here. So why don't you let people know about you, Bob? Oh boy. Um, so um, basically, I'm in charge of about three things. One is anything related to fantasy football consistency, and every year I put out this wonderful magazine called the Fantasy Football Consistency Guide. Uh, it is on Amazon. You can get that. Um, the nominated five straight years is one of the best publications by Fantasy Sports Writers of America. Uh, the other thing I do is I put together this wonderful weekend in Canton, Ohio, that is a combination of, number one, the King's Classic, which was what I started in 2018, which brings the best of the best to Canton, Ohio, to draft live in both a snake draft and an auction draft. And uh, then they get these wonderful, you know, trophy smack belts uh, for the champions. And we've been doing that now for, again, the last, uh, since 2018. Uh, we did online for, for 2020, but we've been live every other time. So that'll be Saturday, August uh, 13th. Uh, but that weekend is called Fantasy Football Expo Weekend. And that's what we really want to talk about a lot. Um, and that is coming up this August 12th, 13th, and 14th. That's right. We've expanded it another day. We now start Friday. Um, we've got a, a poker tournament, which is already sold out, but we have a big party downtown Saturday or Friday night. We've got a big party in uh, the dome, new dome field, practice field that they're building behind the Hall of Fame. Uh, we will be in there for a big party. We'll be playing. We're having a uh, fan, our flag football tournament, and we're also having a quarterback skills challenge, which we have not announced either one of those yet uh, online for signups, but we're going to do that right on the field. Uh, and, and then everybody else going to kind of party around that. But uh, and we're also playing in a cornhole term. We're having a cornhole tournament Friday night at that party. <laughs> we have 10 slots left for that. Uh, so 
every kind of competition that has nothing to do with fantasy except for the football part uh, will be going on. And then, of course, Sunday is the big expo day. Um, we have um, we have 50 booths. Only three are left to be sold. Uh, we have every site, every big name you can think of will be there. Uh, John Hansen is coming in this year from Fantasy Points. Jeff Manns from Guru Elite, who have not booth, neither one have been there in the past, will be there this year. Howard Bender, Dave Richards, Bob Harris, Andy Barons, Mike Clay, Brad Evans, you name them. They're all going to be there uh, and hanging out with all of us all weekend long. So it's going to be a great time. Lots of panel discussions. We're expanding that dramatically this year. Anything that you play in, Devi, uh, IDP, best ball, DFS, sports betting, redraft strategies, dynasty strategies, you name it. We, we have a, actually going to have a whole medical panel made up of the fantasy doctors. They're going to try to get Dr. Chow to come in uh, to speak. And so we'll have some of the best medical fantasy doctors there to also talk about all the injuries that have happened uh, and maybe have happened between now and then. Uh, and talk about their uh, when they feel those people will be coming back to help you with your draft strategy. So that's my three things. And that's all I do. Yeah, that's awesome. Believe me, if we didn't have a friend's wedding, uh, that exact same weekend, me and Jibs would be in that cornhole tournament sure. uh, 100%. But uh, if you guys who we'll are... We'll do it next year, I promise. Uh, exactly. We'll be there for sure. But those who are listening, if you want to go, I would highly recommend it. I've heard a lot of great things about it over the last few years now, so... Definitely worth a checkout for sure. So uh, no PowerPoint today, guys, because I didn't have time to make my PowerPoint this week. So we're going to we're going to just you're just going to see our lovely faces for today's episode here. So uh, like I said, if you see on the bottom of our screen or if you're listening on later on, we're doing last chance fantasy players, fantasy players who are basically on our last nerve to really show up and produce the high level fantasy points we think they could possibly do. Uh, so before we do get into that, I do have some news. We have some things to talk about, and there's basically just two big things. One thing is the Deshaun Watson news. If you guys obviously haven't been following that over the last God knows how long, but obviously recently there's some bigger news. You know, you saw that he had two extra cases that were put on against him, and then recently, I think it was today or yesterday, that he had settled 20 of the 24 now. Uh, at this point, guys, is there any hope that Deshaun Watson actually does play this season? Ooh. Well, I live in Northeast Ohio and I'm a Browns fan. So let me tell you, I was excited mm -hmm. when we signed them and not as excited now. Um, my, my personal thought is this, it really, and I'm not a lawyer. So I guess that's where it really comes down is what is the NFL going to look at this situation and make a decision on, you know, we have no actual, cases against him there was no video there's nothing it's all hearsay yes there are a lot of people yes they all cashed in is it legit is it right is it wrong did he do it i don't know i'm gonna assume yes and i'll tell you why because i drive hall of fame weekend and i see all of the um uh, what do they call it we'll call them escorts <laughs> who hang around that town only w one week in a year. Um, and I've seen other stuff that we won't even talk about. So, and if they can get away with something here, then they get away with something there. And then next thing you know, it becomes a problem. And, you know, I've talked to some of these players and, you know, again, 
a lot of these players played before cell phones. So they got away with a lot of stuff. And they've said, we've got away with a lot of stuff that they wouldn't been able to do today. Um, so based on all of that, does he deserve a full year? Uh, I don't know. Will he get at least eight games? I think so. Could they go hard on him and do a full year? Yeah, I mean, the Browns only paid him a million dollars in the first year because they kind of figured that could happen. Um, but it's been so iffy. You know, like the two people that they – remember there was two new ones, 25 and 26? Do you notice right. they disappeared? You know, did you notice now they they settled 20 of 24? Oh, what right. happened to 25 and 26? So there's just so much uneasiness, again, not defending Deshaun Watson anyway, but on the other side of that world of the money grabbers and, and the, you know, coming out and this, that, and the other, it's just been so wishy-washy that I don't know how it's going to come down. I'm hoping for eight games. Could be a year. If it's a year, it's a year. You know, he's still 25 years old. Um, you know, he's been, he hasn't played for two years, so you might as well say he's going to be at age 24 playing age because he's missed two years. And I, that's where I'm at. I It's not a great answer, but it's just kind of a – I'm not sure what to expect because you just don't know. It's your honest opinion, so. Yeah. <laughs> Anything you want to mention there? Hey, do they hand out like 12 game suspensions? Like that's what I'll take my bet on. But like to me, like if there's smoke, there's there's fire, man. And like you got 20, 24, 26 mm-hmm. ladies saying something. And like I heard something like on one of the like, NFL talk shows, and they're basically like, hey, like NFL rushed and like gave judgment on half these like domestic abuse cases, and they got it wrong every time. Ray Rice would have given two right. games and boom, give them the whole year. So they're probably gonna take their time, due diligence. We've been hearing about this for over almost a year plus now and like they still haven't gotten to the decision yet so like i think they're gonna get it right i think it's probably gonna be here i don't think he's playing this year yeah yeah i mean at this point guys like in terms of your redraft seasons that are coming up i would just avoid him at all costs if you're drafting in july which some people do for some reason i would just avoid them and in dynasty you're kind of screwed at this point if you held on to this long you might as well hold on to him for another year because eventually the way ever, whatever which way it goes, he's gonna play in the NFL again. It just it just seems that way. All, all these players, whatever they do and don't do, they're gonna play again in the NFL. And Watson is a talented player outside of everything, so you're just gonna end up holding on. So yeah. that's that, unfortunately. But uh, in more celebrative news, Rob Gronkowski has retired once again from the NFL, second time sure, yes. now, and over the last sure, <laughs> yes, yeah, sure. Um, yes. <laughs> so I'm assuming Bob, you don't believe he's completely done yet. Um, here's what's going to happen in my opinion. Uh, and I think it's pretty close to reality. If the bucks are dominating the NFC looking like they could take a deep run into the playoffs, it would not surprise me that Gronk starts playing in December ish. Um, you know, Brady pulls him out. Um, that's my thoughts. I mean, Nice I've drafted Cameron Brayton in so many leagues so far, <laughs> like for free. It's not even funny. So that's what I was going to ask you guys is can't wait. anyone out. Cameron Brayton's the guy out of all this that you want to go after. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I mean, if you remember four years ago or whatever, five years, I don't remember how, let's say five years ago when Cameron Brait was there before O.J. Howard and before Gronk, Cameron Brait was like top 10 that year in fantasy points and consistency. And that was five years ago. And again, he hasn't played much because O.J. Howard or Gronk's been in front of him. So he's still a very good player. He will be trusted by Brady. Um, I think he'll do very well. He's definitely a nice backup tight end to have, and he could end up being your tight end one starting up more than often than not, depending on who else you have. Yeah, I I agree to that. And especially with Chris Godwin coming back a little bit slow from the injury last year, there's going to be opportunities. No Antonio Brown. So you got basically Mike Evans and, I doubt like Brady's going to want to lean on the running back. So like the tight ends are always going to be using that offense. We've seen Grant catch billions of touchdowns. Like that's a tight end being schemed up to be there. So Cameron Brady's going to be that guy. Like I agree with Bob to sign me up. Yeah. Yeah. I know there's a lot of pushback on Brady, but I mean, the, the opportunities there for sure. I mean, someone, I think he's got like four touchdowns throughout like almost every single season of his entire career, Cameron Brady and given the opportunity now for a starting job, I mean, they could bring somebody else in, you know, people threw out there, Jared Cook, but I, I don't really, I think they will stick with their guys that they have in this scheme and Bray fits this scheme very well. He's been there for eight years now. I mean, right. it's a reason he's still there. So uh wouldn't go crazy about him, but there's potential there that has opportunity. So we will have to wait and see with that one. So that's enough of the news. Is there, again, there wasn't really too much going on in the news world. Hopefully we get some more news in the future. But let's get back into our last chance players, last nerve players, whatever you guys want to go and call them. And we'll start with, Bob, your first one. Who's your last chance, last nerve player left? Well, he actually was probably more last year than this year. But one of the guys that has been on my nerve for a few years now has been Evan Ingram. Just you know, he had that one half a year that he was like seven of eight in clutch games and was like 88% consistent, then got hurt. And I thought, okay, we'll come back and be strong and, and be just as, you know, put up the same numbers. He hasn't done anything since. I mean, he was so bad that they let him go uh, with the Giants and he goes now to Jacksonville where I think most people go to die outside of Cleveland. Um, and so I, just done with him. I, I wouldn't draft him if he was the only tight end. If it was an all Evan league, I still wouldn't draft him. Yeah, no, Evan Ingram is definitely a full of headaches ever since his rookie year. Jibs, do you agree on that? Are you, are you, maybe you're done with Evan Ingram at this point. Uh, are you on the last draft? I've been done with that clown in fantasy. Like, I'm glad <laughs> he's out of the division. Like, the only good thing he did for me is drop that ball in that, like, Monday night football game. So, like, Kudos to Ingram, but like he has an opportunity, I guess, playing with all the young talent down there in Jacksonville, but I don't see it happening. Yeah, I, I don't know what they're going to do in Jacksonville and how they're going to use it because they did go out there and trade for Dan Arnold last midseason as well, and he played well when he was healthy, and then they grabbed a whole bunch of new wide receivers. The, him being that same guy we saw his rookie year just seems so far out at this point that just doesn't make sense. It's it's a re- you have to really go for the hype that or the upside potential i guess that people still might see in him but again i feel like it's it's really close to the end with Evan Ingram at this point coach jibs my friend on to your first one who do you got for us my guy number 26 miles sanders 
And um, there's a lot of good things that you could say about the Eagles and the opportunity that lies in 2022. And last year, the Eagles had the best rushing offense in the NFL, rushing 550 times for about 2,700 yards. And um, Miles Sanders is still kind of young. He's the lead back for the Eagles. He's pretty much on a prove-it year with his contract coming up soon. And he hasn't really done much like the last two years that makes you want to pay him. So, like, I think that kind of will light some fire into him. But, like, there's a lot of bad with the situation, too, because Miles Sanders basically missed four games the last two years. We're playing an extra game in fantasy nowadays. So, like, opportunities king when you especially when you talk about running back so like that's kind of knock on him but like for me like miles sanders historically he's a five yard per carry rusher and the eagles are just kind of burning that talent away they're just giving less and less touches like he went from 229 total touches in his rookie year to 192 to 163 last year i know he played 12 games the last two years, but still like it's just shifting to a committee. And um, I know he's going to be probably the top dog in the committee and they're going to run a lot of times, but like, it's just not looking good for him. So like I have hope cause I'm an Eagles fan. And like, I think like the rushing ability from like all three of the backs including Jalen Hurts could be like crazy, but like Miles Sanders and you got to like put it all together this year. Otherwise, like it's going to be a rough uh, couple off seasons for you yeah that will sure be the case for sure i love you went with your own hometown player there uh bob how do you feel about miles sanders are you are you optimistic or are you are you on your last straw with him i mean i've he's never been on any straw for me because so <laughs> i because he I, he would frustrate me yeah i that's why I, I mean you know i look at the numbers last year and like you said they had they had some big games at the end of the year when they started running the ball more but he was still 46 in total points and only 25% consistency. I mean, that is uh, that ranked him 57th amongst all running backs. So I've never had, I mean, I, I thought this kid, you know, there was so much hype when he came out and, you know, in the first year, second year, you're like, okay, well, kid's got potential. Never drafted him because I just kept waiting for him to prove kind of prove to me and the world that, he could be a reliable, consistent back, and just never gotten to that point. All right, all right, yeah. Well, um, one more thing, Steve. Like he's also just losing a lot of um, receiving work too. Like he's going to fifty to like twenty six catches of the last two seasons. And like I know a lot of guys like nowadays playing PPR leagues, half point PPR. You still need the catches, man. Like, and if you're not getting that, and you have a little Kane getting Kenny Gainwell stealing your stuff or Boston Scott, man, they ain't looking good. Yeah, that is a big thing with, with Miles Sanders is the receiving ability, if he's going to still have that workload or not. I mean, when he was healthy at the end of the year, they did kind of turn back to him a little bit. But his his situation is to be able to stay healthy on the field and whatnot, and he has been able to do that. He, he kind of, He's kind of one of those running backs that's just like – kind of like Raheem Mostert where like it's just boomer bust. It's just like he's going to go out and give you a couple big runs or he's just going to do nothing, disappoint, and get hurt at some point. So – it really comes down to health with Miles Sanders. I, I still have faith that this is obviously probably my last chance with him too, to be honest, but I still have faith that he could still produce something for us in fantasy this year. So He's scoring a touchdown this year. Mark my word. <laughs> hope so. Yeah, <laughs> hope so. Hope he needs to score something for sure. So. All right, so over to my first player. My first player here is Alan Lazard, and Alan Lazard has been the most off-season camp hyped over the last two seasons I can remember for a wide receiver who has not put it up just yet here. And 
again, you've gotten praises from the head coaches. You've gotten praises from Aaron Rodgers. You've gotten praises from Devontae Adams, his old teammate on there, and just hasn't really put it all together yet. I mean, yeah, he granted he had eight touchdowns last year, but he finished wide receiver 45 on in the fantasy rankings last year. And to me at this point, like this is a make or break step for him. If he's going to step up and be that wide receiver one or that talented wide receiver that we've heard so much about, this the, this is the time without MBS, without, you know, Devontae Adams, without, um, I think that's the only two guys that left last year, but he's got an opportunity. I mean, Christian Watkins, Cobb, I mean, none of these guys really, I mean, Watson has, Watson has an opportunity to really succeed as a rookie, but Alan Lazard knows Aaron Rodgers. He's, in that more prime form than I guess like a guy like uh, Randall Cobb, but this is a make or break for me. And honestly, it, I'm going to be drafting him if I can in that 10 to 12 range, if he's fall there. But I mean, this is it though. I mean, I've, I've had to deal with this with a guy like Devonte Parker for years. who's just never stepped up to be that wide receiver that he was not talented enough. Honestly, it seems like, or able to stay healthy on the field. But for me, Alan Lazard at this point is, is just on my last nerve. And then he needs to step up and produce at a level that, you know, I think he can, but what everyone is saying about him. So how do you guys feel about Alan Lazard? I feel bad that you slay your boy, uh, Devontae Parker like that. I can't wait for him to put Zeevan Howard in the blender. But um, (laughs) I agree with, I agree with your opinion on Alan Lazard. Like even when like Devontae Adams was there the last two years, there was always a little heartbeats or faints of beats so that Alan Lazard could be like, that number two for Rodgers and whatnot. And now he's the number one, presumably. And, like, still, like, he still hasn't put it all together. But, like, there's some optimism for me. But, like, if he can't put it together this year, like, just pack your bags, man. Just get out of there. <laughs> yeah. We snare Rodgers. No, I agree. I mean, I, I do like Lazard a lot this year. I mean, there's one thing that Brady or Brady, that Rodgers is all about is trust. And when he has your trust – um, then you're going to get the ball. Um, you know, you go back to the first two years for Devontae Adams, he didn't see the ball very much um, because he was was a rookie. He was a young, you know, they had other guys that, uh, you know, and they weren't superstars, you know, guys like, you know, Donald Driver, George Jones, Nelson. and those kind of guys, you yeah. know. But once you got that trust, look what happened. Now Lazard has the trust, and now it's up to Lazard but I think Rodgers will definitely be targeting him quite a bit. And it's up to Lazard to make the catches and, and be the, may not be Devontae Adams, but let's, let's be 80% Devontae Adams. And then that's still good enough, especially where you're getting him in drafts, which is like wide receiver three or four. Mm-hmm. Right. That's an, that's a, that's a it's nice not like you have to overpay for him. And I think that's a good thing. That is, that's a great thing. That's why I still, I still have hope because of his value. <laughs> if, he, if he thought, if he would have gone like round eight, I'd be like, I'm just I'm not going after that, honestly. Yeah, I, I don't have enough faith in that. But in that 10 to 12 range, the faith is still there. But it's coming to the end where I would want even want to draft him after this year if he doesn't put up those numbers that we think he can now being the presumed, like Jim said, wide receiver one. So, All right, Bob, back over to you, my friend. Who is your number two last guy? I'm going to go with Cortland Sutton. Um I know what his problems have been in the past. It's been his running game. You know, it's been the passing game. It's been the quarterback. Um, But even be that as it may, um, I think what's more amazing to me this year is that for the last two to three years, when he's been for the Broncos on the Broncos team and had garbage for quarterbacks, he was always ranked in the top 20 ADP. Like there was so much hype for this kid. 
And I'd go and draft him think, oh, yeah, no, this is it. You know, he'll go out there and put up good numbers and didn't. And, and part of it was the quarterback. Um, part of it was the fact that they had really good running backs, too. <laughs> um, so that didn't hurt. Um, but this year, you've got Russell Wilson. The funny thing is, is Cortland Sutton's ADP is actually lower, worse than it was the last couple of years <laughs> with actual um, Russell Wilson in place. Um, you know, if you look at if you kind of compare those wide receivers of, of Judy and, and, and uh, Sutton against Metcalf and Lockett, you know, to me, Sutton is the Metcalf and Lockett and Judy are very similar. Um, Lockett always got a lot of points, but was very inconsistent. Metcalf got just as many points, but always had much better consistency because he's more of a possession, bigger body receiver. I see that in Cortland Sutton this year. I think he'll be consistent. I'm feeling it this year, and I'm actually drafting him in quite a few drafts um, so far, and I think he can do it, but boy, if he can't do it, he can't get it done with Russell Wilson, we've got a problem. This is true. This is true. Jibs, how do you feel about that? I completely agree. <laughs> Short and simple, yeah. yeah. But yeah, because, uh, well, Sutton has like some bad like hands dealt to him the last couple of years and whatnot, and like he actually was able to put on some kind of a decent year last year in the middle of all that crisis at the quarterback position. But like Bob's player and like my player that I'm about to like talk about, it's the same situation. You got an elite quarterback. Like obviously there's going to be some time for them to dress. I mean, gel together and they're off obviously learning a new offensive system. So like, even if he doesn't start off the season that good, like it's a piece I would like to hold on to or probably even trade later on in the season because I could see that come to fruition and he could be like the Lockett Metcalf or however you want to put it. He's going to be a baller for Wilson in the deep, at the deep threat. Yeah, that's that's a nice way to put it, Jibs. Honestly, I think Judy and Cortland Sutton for me are both that kind of last nerve player because they both have shown potential over the last two seasons here. Now, now you have the quarterback that – know they've been complaining about the last few seasons now and if if either one of them can't put up the numbers that we think their talent level is i feel like it's just never going to really happen for them so the these two wide receivers and especially court and son too are in that make or break season right now so and then also add in the fact that the afc west is just going to be a offensive juggernaut every time these two teams play can't wait for any, any of these teams play each other um so, you know, it's it's not going to be 13 to 10 football games. <laughs> <laughs> I hope not. 35, 31. 35, 31 would be halftime. Uh, I, am thrilled, <laughs> I am thrilled for these four o'clock. <laughs> it's going to keep me awake because I usually take my afternoon naps at right. four o'clock. So, all right, Jibs, who is your number two player you got left? Juju Smith-Schuster. Oh, I thought about him too. Damn it. The, the the guy like Steve, you know me. Like I've always been a big fan of Juju. Not his TikToks. Like I thought he was an absolute superstar after that 2018 campaign where he had 1,400 yards and he was a number nine wide receiver in PPR leagues and everything was looking bright. And then like, yeah, he got hurt. Deontay Johnson emerged. He got Clay. Chase Claypool, Ben's kind of like falling apart and like all that, it's all good for him. And now he has a nice Ferrari quarter as a quarterback and Patrick Mahomes, the best in the league. But the only thing that I'm nervous about with him is, is like, I don't know. Like I know it's Kelsey. Kelsey's the main squeeze around there. He's going to get all the targets and then everyone's going to come after him. But like, 
is it going to be Juju that's going to be the 1A? Is it going to be Valdez Scantlin? Are they going to, like, let Hartman come along? Like, Skymore is still a factor as well. So, like, I don't think it's, like, a concrete or slam dunk that Juju's going to have, like, a killer season. But, goddamn, if you got Patrick Mahomes turned to you, you're playing in that AFC West. This guy's throwing 5,000 passing yards per year. You know, Kelsey's getting 1,500 of them. Juju, if you don't get a goddamn 1,000-yard season, <laughs> oh, my Lord, like, because like literally, like he had that fourteen hundred yard season, and then the last three years he has one thousand five hundred two yards total. So like, get your ass in the gym, get your ass off that phone, and get some goddamn fancy points in the championship, buddy. <laughs> go Juju, go. I had Juju as my next one, but that's okay. We'll talk about Juju over there, Bob. For now, you agree with? No, I, I like you said, he was on my list for sure. Um, yeah, I love Juju. I used to always draft him when him and A.B. were playing together. And, and after A.B. left, I thought, yeah, like you said, here we go. You know, this kid's got this great future. And then last year he puts up, you know, he plays only, you know, five games and was just pathetic. Yeah. And, you know, he's, this is his time to shine. I mean, and if he can't, like you said, if you can't, if you can't shine with Patrick Mahomes, you're you're you got a problem so yeah it's it's time and again good thing like lazard he's going pretty cheap you know based on his namesake you know i mean you can get him as your wide receiver four and you if he breaks out and puts up wide receiver two numbers because it does get into a nice you know sync uh, in sync with Mahomes, then you got a heck of a bargain so yeah, I was actually right there with you guys. I, I scribbled a bunch of different names down who I might want to choose from, and Juju was on that list as well. I felt like we really haven't seen that Juju from, you know, his sophomore year, really. And uh, you're in the high-power offense. You have Patrick Mahomes. Like, you're on a one-year deal. Like, if you don't do well, like, who's going to take you on, really? Like, how, where is the upside of your game at that point? Are you just a slot wide receiver that's going to get a couple yards here and there you're going to get those short yardages and hope for the best so yeah i'm um, with you guys too like i'm not probably going to draft a ton of juju smith schuster i guess i'm a little more on the uh the negative side of things but yeah this is kind of the last straw if he falls in the right spot so all right so with my next player my last player here is Jameis winston guys and Jameis winston has the keys once again back-to-back seasons now in new orleans without drew Brees there and we've been all and it seems like the narrative with, with Jameis Winston is that he throws for a ton of yards and will just air the ball out. It's all I hear about Jameis Winston. He's going to air the ball. He's going to air the ball out. It's going to be great for those skilled player, the skilled fantasy players. And like he's got a great core around him. If Michael Thomas can play, he's got Jarvis Landry there now. He's got Chris Olave. They traded up for. They have Alvin Kamara, of course. You know, you have the I guess somewhat decent Adam Trotman. Not that great, but has athletic ability to his game to go downfield. But at this point, I think this, for me, is kind of the last straw in terms of Jameis Winston. I mean, he's going to be 32, probably 33, I think, if I'm not mistaken. And if he doesn't put up the great fantasy numbers or just NFL numbers this year, I, the Saints might look a different direction because they're always consistently in trying to win now kind of mode here. And Jameis Winston got off to a hot start last year. was a little overrated because of that one Green Bay game there, personally. But, you know, he has that potential to throw the ball deep. Uh, and, and and make big plays uh, with his arm there, and he's got the core around him to do so. So for me, it, he gives me that like uh, the optimistic vibe that if I could go quarterback late in my redrafts this year and take him with my last pick or 
last few rounds that I could possibly do that still. And I think it could pay off, but if it doesn't, and I'm like, it's a thin line right now that he might just never, ever succeed in fantasy or in the NFL after this year. How do you guys feel about Jameis? No, I'm not touching him. No, no, sorry. <laughs> no. Okay. I mean, hey, I actually have a little love for Jameis again, super flex, super flex. I have no problem being my number two, maybe even a three. Um, I think he can put up the numbers, but let me add in a player that you mentioned and we'll just put them together for last nerve. For God's sakes, Michael Thomas, either play or don't play, play or don't play. I don't care. Just stop. Just either get on the damn field or retire. Stop with this crap. (laughs) I'm done with it. (laughs) You need to get going. And and it's been two years. It's it's ridiculous. how how It's like, dude, you had an ankle problem. Those guys that blow out their ACLs and their their Achilles. Achilles. (laughs) I've torn both of my Achilles and I've blown out my ACL. I was back walking and running on a field within a year, and I'm nowhere near in the shape Michael Thomas is. Come on. Okay, yeah. I didn't run as fast as him, but still. Well, he's probably just being a big baby. That's maybe he doesn't like Jameis. I don't know. I was like, <laughs> no, Michael, no. I, I, I honestly think the Saints drafted Olave because he was from Ohio State, and if maybe that would pull him back on the field. We'll see. I don't know. Well, hopefully, it doesn't taint him. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no. Both are really, really on the last draw for sure. Uh, Bob, did you have another one you wanted to mention there? Actually, it was Michael Thomas. I just threw it in there because you said it was your last. I was like, I, I, I had it marked. I was like, it was either Juju or him. And I'm like, but when you started talking about James, I'm like, I got to just say, Michael Thomas, you got to get on the field. We are so tired of your crap. Um, he is definitely a good one here. I'll throw a couple more out there and if you see if you guys agree with me. Uh, a couple other ones I did write down was DJ Shark uh, for the Detroit Lions. I mean, it's obviously been two, three, almost two, four, three years now since he's had his breakout 2019 season where he went off with Gardner Menchu now. And now remember the Lions, I, I don't really see the optimistic that he's ever going to get back to that form that he showed in only really one year uh, with the Lions because obviously of Jared Goff's, uh, you know, ability to throw the ball deep. And even if they can go out there and re-sign him and they bring a rookie in, you don't know who they're bringing in and how well he's going to adapt to that offense as quickly as, you know, you would want him to. And then another one real quick is Mike Isecki. Uh Yeah, I went with my own player too there, Jibs. Uh, <laughs> he's been good at stretches. There's points where Mike Kosecki is like in a dominant top three tight end. And he was at one point a tight top three tight end the first nine weeks of the season. But then there's stretches of his game there that he goes basically non-existent and loses on red zone opportunities to Adam Shaheem, uh, Durham Smite. These backup tight ends that just don't have any place about being there on the field, unlike Mike Kosecki and his extremely talented uh, you know, person. And, I mean, you have the wide receivers now there. The chances of him having over 100 targets seem really unlikely, but can he make the most efficiency with his targets? That's kind of, for me, the big thing with him. Uh, that's that's what's going to be said. And if you're going to be able to get him in that probably 10, 10, 10, round 10 range there as your tight end one, uh, it's kind of a make or break because he is on a franchise tag. I don't know how you guys feel about either one of these players. Yeah, Kasicki would definitely be on my list. In fact, I was just looking at the tight end list, and the first guy I saw was Kasicki. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's one. <laughs> no question. About it. In fact, they, basically all tight ends except for about four of them, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this is true. This and maybe even those, because how many people drafted 
Kelsey last year in the first round, and then Mark Andrews scores more points and is more consistent than him. So they're all they're all just a hot mess. <laughs> I am very low on a guy like George Kittle in a general sense. There, I don't yeah. I don't believe the hype that he had that one season where he just dominated. I, I think he's a, I think he can be a dominant player, but he can't stay healthy. Like That's if you look at his points per game and in his consistency when he when he plays, he's outstanding. But I just can't stay on the field because he he's like Kurt, Kurt, Chris Carson. He always wants to run the guy over instead of getting out of bounds. <laughs> That's great, and I'm glad you're a tough guy. But guess what? You're not playing. You're not on the field, and you're not helping my team. So stop it. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great way to put it. To be honest, he's just that physical beast that like right. you're, That's cool. you're running back. You're a badass, yeah. but. It's not helping us in fantasy. No, it's not helping us. <laughs> no. Jibs, do you have anyone you wanted to mention before we go to our last topic of the night? Um, I one. I was Michael Thomas, but like I really can't really think of anyone else under like the microscope. Can I throw one more out? Yeah, absolutely. The entire Cleveland Browns. It's been 59 <laughs> years. They still haven't got a championship. For God's sakes, I'm not going to live that much longer. Do something right. I don't care what it is. Just do something right. <laughs> Uh, I hope so. They are. I'm not. I wouldn't be excited with Jacoby Brissett as my QB all season. We had him last year. Yeah, I got one now. <laughs> <It's coming. laughs> the Dolphins running backs. That, that's no, what I'm very nervous about. Don't know what's yeah, going to be going Edmund. on. There. Chase Edmonds actually would be a person that I would have a last shot on. I, I'm not high. I was never high on Edmonds, but I know a lot of people have been high on him and he's got the opportunity to start again and he just hasn't been able to stay healthy. And I just don't think he can handle that workload. So that is actually a really good one, Jibs. And most at all. I'll tell you what, the guy that they, they picked up though in the off season after all of that is the guy that you should grab late in the rounds. And that's Sony Michelle. Right. That's, I've been telling people that. Oh, from wow. the I, I drafted I him that. in round 16 in my FSGA draft last week in Detroit. Oh my God. Yeah, That's because I couldn't believe he was still available. And I'm like, hell, he could be starting by midseason because Edmonds never stayed healthy. We know Ms. Moster will, will pull a hamstring blow in his Most nose. He's a, a paperclip. Yeah. yeah, and Miles Gaskin, I'm not sure he's still alive, but he probably is. He, he's alive. He's just – he is what he was. He was in the seventh round pick. Sony Michelle, late last year for the Rams until Akers came back, running pretty damn hard. He was. I was really surprised he was that he won, but Yeah, he held the position down. He was able to get 100 yards. He able to make catches out of the backfield. I, as I said, I, I love that pick. There, I thought that was a fantastic pick late in the season for the Dolphins because he's going to be sneaky this year, and I probably yeah. will pick him up in many places late in drafts. Yeah, if you can get, if you have a deeper bench and you can do that, you know, it may be week six, but who knows? Right. 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 All right, so for our last topic, this is mostly for you, Bob, here. I'd like to start asking everyone. Now we're getting close to redraft season here. You know, what kind of strategies do you personally have when going into a draft? I don't know if you have any or if you have something you'd like to do or you try to do or whatnot. Well, the the one thing that I do, and I don't, you know, and there's probably people that do this, is I really try to build my core starting lineup first. Um, I won't draft four straight running backs for the fun of drafting four straight running backs. Um, I want to have a core team of, you know, my six or seven guys 
um, you know, one quarterback, two, you know, again, we're assuming all one quarterback leagues, all that kind of generic stuff. Right. Um, my one quarterback, my two running backs, my three receivers, tight end, if that's it, um, and have that built core wise, um, trying to get the consistent players from my list and from my rankings, um, and then take chances, you know, from, you know, round eight on, um, you know, I'm not going to grab a rookie in probably any of the first seven rounds. Just the way it is. Um, they prove nothing to me. And I, and I get it. There are certainly rookies that each year go off. I mean, I'm not saying that last year I wouldn't have drafted Jamar Chase and the, you know, if he came to me, I've, you know, or Barkley or the, you know, the guys that have got the perfect situation, but I don't feel like there's other than maybe Brees Hall, but it's still the Jets. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, they're about as bad as the Browns when it comes to screwing up my dreams. So I'm probably not going to draft any rookies. Um, you know, again, people have their different strategies. That's just been mine. Um, I always say the whole consistency system is to get you into the playoffs. And you may, you know, you can certainly take chances and go, Oh man, I've got this fantastic lineup, man. It's for week 15, 16, 17. That's great. If you don't get there, it doesn't do you any good. Um, you know, I'm not going to get, I'm not going to go for a ton of upside except for maybe later. And even that I probably won't take chances. Like I'll draft a Tyler Higby as my second tight end. If I got a deep enough bench, because I think he'll be, you know, he was right. He was in the top 10 last year or top 15 in, in points and consistency. And he's going to like tight end 22. So I may take him, especially if I wait and take a Dalton Schultz or a something like that a little bit later. Um, or I might just go back to back and take like Zach Ertz and Tyler Higby. Um, I kind of lean more towards the veterans and the guys that have proven what they can do, um, you know, in this league time and time again, versus the guys who have the chance to have high upside, but also have the chance to be, you know, 25% consistent and kill your team every week. So that's kind of my strategy. Hey, no, I love it. You had some, definitely some good things that I, I definitely like to do as well. I know, I know Jibs is, pretty well so i know how he goes and drafts were very similar but uh yeah i just wanted to ask that because i just feel like you know getting people to know different strategies how different people do things kind of helps opens up the idea for how they want to draft and people sometimes like to mix in other people's you know strategies to kind of blend in with theirs to yeah. make the best lineup for themselves I mean, obviously knowing your league and your league mates certainly makes a big difference that's I mean, i'll true. certainly draft a lot difference in an expert league than drafting in my home league because I know what they're going to, I, you know, I know what both groups are going to do, right? I know the expert leagues where everybody's going to play quarterback chicken. You know, who can wait the latest to get their first one. So, you know, but in a home league, you might see five quarterbacks go before the end of the third round, <laughs> you know, because that's just the way they, they roll. Um, so again, you, you know, knowing your league mates, knowing what, what you can get away with, what you can, you know, hey, I'll hit this guy here because I know that this guy will get back to me because I know that, you know, this guy, this guy, and this guy are all hate the Steelers or whatever. <laughs> hey, it, it, it happens. Believe me, uh, we experience yeah. that in our home leagues for sure. We've seen uh, quarterbacks go in round one in a one QB league. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. It's just put people's references are. So, uh, Bob, thank you so much for that for sure. Uh, before we get going for the night, is there anything you'd like to mention, shout out, talk about real quick? Uh, the floor is yours, my friend. 
Well, as I mentioned, let's just kind of go through all the stuff. So um, if you want to come to the Fantasy Football Expo, August 12th through the 14th, Canton, Ohio, go to thefantasyfootballexpo.com to get your tickets. Uh, a whole weekend package, that's everything you get to go to, is only $75. Uh, so it's really a good deal. You get a T-shirt and swag bag with all kinds of coupons. Go to two parties. Uh, you get to go to the expo um, all day. You get, you know, it, it's... It's really a good deal, um, and I get it. Travel costs are very high. If you're in California and you're listening, I get it. You're probably not going to fly in, <laughs> but but if you live in you know a six-hour radius of Canton, where there's a lot of people that do, make the drive over. Um, you know, hotels are pretty cheap. They're all between 100 and 125 dollars a night. Uh, everything in Canton is 10 minutes from each other, so it's not like you're in Cleveland or Detroit or some big city that you know. You got to know how to get around. It's really easy. It's a small town. Um, but check that out. Uh, again, thefantasyfootballexpo.com. Uh, you can get the consistency guide on Amazon. Just search under 2022 consistency guide. That will pop up. Check that out. And then you can come and subscribe to the website, Big Guy Fantasy Sports, Yes. Uh, where we have even more tools uh, for consistency for your draft prep and for during the season. Uh, we got some new ones this year. Uh, some historical consistency data so you can put in drop down pick a player and you can see how consistent they are in the various games like home versus away uh, good defense bad defense you know that kind of stuff and it can be very helpful for dfs for picking between uh, starters so that information is all there at big guy fantasy sports and if you buy the book and you use the coupon code in the book it's only 10 bucks for the season so again pretty inexpensive there uh, and then last of course um just uh, check everything out. Uh, and, you know, you can always hit me up on Twitter at Bob underscore Lung. And you can follow the expo at the FF expo. The FF expo. There's no dot com. <laughs> but again, guys, thank you so much for having me. Really appreciate uh, being, a, being a part of your show. Absolutely, Bob. We love having you as a guest. You're obviously for always sure. fun to have on for sure. Thanks. And of course, guys, if you are listening, hopefully, you know, uh, obviously check out the expo for sure. I've heard a lot of great things about it and the consistency guide, you know, we got it last year and it, it was really helpful for us just learning about different things there for sure. And uh, definitely going to get it again this year. So uh, definitely want to check that out for sure. And uh, Coach Jibs, any last words, my friend? consistency counts man like steve said <laughs> like the book was very helpful um Thanks. like i went on to win a couple championships but i was in plenty of championship rounds so like that yeah. book definitely started the slate and you just gotta keep building after that guys so just definitely give bob a follow get that magazine guys like i'm telling you it works wonders thanks appreciate it Absolutely. So uh, as we get going here, as always, guys, please go check out our website at www.thefantasycoaches.com. We have our staff articles popping out weekly. Uh, we have three shows going on now, us, the fantasy coaches, the dynasty coaches. Uh, I have my short segment uh, uh, podcast that's going on now. So go check it out. We also have a bunch of cool, fun stats that I've been putting up on the website uh, throughout the offseason here now. And uh, we'll be back next week with a new episode. Coach John will be back. And you can always check that out, finding us on Twitter at Coaches Fantasy when that update will come with our next episode. So we thank you guys for listening. Tune in until next time, guys, and have a great one.
The bag is not far fetched. We got a couple of clock cans. I've been feeling super duper. How the heck they know the future? Come with me, don't be a loser. Grass is green like poopers, scoopers. Clueless analysts don't do the half of this. In fact, I'm backing this by asking if y'all remember that tough act, interacting. Shh, like boom, running like zoom. The highest and mightiest entered the room. High off the knowledge, I'm feeling the fumes. All players cover this nuts as legumes. Opponents are doomed, and these are the facts. I keep it 100 like I'm running track. I listen up, Jack. I'm a head back, back to the blowing up, blowing up, blowing up, go.